welcome virtually once again to ODI um, on this Green Talk co-organized with the European Investment Bank and the Portuguese Presidents of the Council of the European Union. This is uh, one of the several Green Talks that are happening for the month preceding the high-level um, forum, European Union Africa Green Investment Forum, which will take place on the 23rd of April, also organized under the Portuguese presidency and in collaboration with the European Investment Bank. And I'm delighted that we were able to organize this specific one focusing on the role of cities in building a stronger relationship between Africa and Europe. It's great to see many of you joining us uh, today. Um, and please do introduce yourselves in the chat box if you can, if you want, um, uh, while we get going. I'll start myself. My name is Marta Foresti. I'm the director for Europe at ODI, which is a think tank based in London, um, which is still very much part of Europe in so many different ways. Um, and I've had the pleasure over the last year to work with a group of mayors that I will introduce in a minute, who are determined to improve the relationship between the two continents of Africa and Europe. Um, before we get going with the discussion, a couple of um, uh, reminders. Uh, first of all, uh, the webinar is available in French and in English, so you can select the language you would like to listen to by clicking on the interpretation button and selecting the language. So there is a button on the far right end of the screen that you can select. We are very keen to hear from you. There will be time after we've listened to our panelists to engage in a Q&A with all of you. Please use the chat, sorry, the Q&A function to do so, to post your questions that we will be collecting um, as the webinar proceeds. Um, and, and so there are both the Q&A and the chat function. Please use the Q&A for the questions, whereas in the chat, you can post any question you might have, particularly for technical um, for, for technical uh, problems uh, or other matters. If you are joining us and you want to contribute to the social media discussions on Twitter, please use the hashtag Green Talks and hashtag EU2021PT. We're about to put them in the chat, so you don't need to worry about writing them down. And don't forget to tag ODI, ODI Global, and then the Portuguese presidency, which is at 2021 Portugal, EU, and the uh, European Investment Bank, which is hashtag, sorry, not hashtag, which is at EIB. Um, and as I said, all these handles and hashtag are now on the chat. Um, and also a reminder that this event is being recorded, is on record, and it will be available on the ODI webpage in a couple of days. Now let's get going on the topic that we're about to discuss. So today we're going to talk about cities. The whole event is uh, centered around the reality and the lives of cities and specifically about how cities across Africa and Europe are shaping a stronger and fundamentally more equal partnership between the two continents. I have worked with cities in, in the past year in both continents and I've, there is one thing I've learned is that if one wants to find out and talk about cities, understand how they work, how things get done, then the thing you should do is that you better ask mayors. And I'm therefore very pleased that today we have three leading mayors from the cities of Milan, Freetown and Dakar with us today to talk to us and to discuss with us their work, what they do, and particularly what they do together to improve the lives of all the residents in their cities. 
And together with about 20 more across the continents, they have created the Mayor's Dialogue on Growth and Solidarity that aims at finding practical solutions across the continents and practical ways to handle the realities of human mobility of citizens and of residents of cities uh, in and between the two continents and in doing so support the green transition and the green economy as we're about to hear. Mayors get things done and they focus on what is most urgent and the problems that require innovative and practical solutions from sustaining a green and just recovery, prioritizing and investing in clean energy and managing the reality of your mobility in pragmatic ways. We will hear a lot about these pragmatic choices and pragmatic ways of working from the mayors um, in a minute. But there is more than that. There is more than uh, working practically at the city level. Because while states are struggling to collaborate and find common grounds across Mediterranean seas, and of course with the rollout of the vaccines creating potentially even more challenges uh, for that interstate relationships to flourish, cities and mayors are already working together to learn from each other, to experiment with innovation and to find common solutions. And so these new forms of international cooperation, what is called often city diplomacy, is something in my view to really watch, cherish and support because it gives us very concrete opportunity to renew and reinvigorate um, international cooperation in partnerships in ways that we need more urgent than ever after and in light of the experiences of COVID-19. And so I want to leave you with the words of Mayor Medina from Lisbon, who very much wanted to be here today, but couldn't. And at a meeting with his fellow mayors, Salah Kisorina Wardini and others a couple of months ago, um, he offered these reflections when it comes to the relationship between the two continents. In the most progressive times, the Mediterranean Sea was not a sea of division. It was a sea of a unified economy and unified connection between people. Now we need to put forward that vision again. And as we move towards the green recovery and finding new ways of working together um, in the aftermath of COVID, um, I think you will agree with me, this is more urgent than ever. So let me introduce, first of all, the first mayor on our panel, Mayor Sala from the city of Milan that happens to be also my hometown. And so I'm very delighted to introduce to you Beppe Sala. He's actually not live with us today because he had a, a clash with another meeting, but he has, you will hear his voice and you will see his, you know, the recording of his statement in a, in a minute. Um, mayor Sala has been the mayor of Milan since June 2016. And before that, between 2010 and 2015, he was the CEO of the Universal Exposition in Milan, which was indeed very successful. And so without further ado, let me ask Mayor Sala to help us set the scene from the point of view of a mayor of a very busy city like Milan. Hello, I'm Giuseppe Sala, I'm the mayor of Milan. Thank you for the opportunity to add my voice today. I'm happy that the essential contribution of African and European cities to the green and just recovery is recognized in the Green Talks and High Level Forum organized by the Portuguese Presidency of the European Union and by the European Investment Bank. Thank you for working to make these talks truly meaningful for the future of Europe, a greener and more just Europe. Cities can help. They can reinvigorate the partnership between Africa and Europe by showing their progress in areas 
where cooperation between states is sufficient. We need a new chapter in the relationship between our two continents and cities must play a central role. They represent the voices and needs of African and Europeans, and they are used to share knowledge and ideas on how to bring our communities and societies closer, emphasizing the myriad connections that exist between our cities, countries and continents. Cities are a decisive level of government. To achieve global goals, it is necessary to work with and support action at the local level. Cities cooperate across the two continents to accelerate the shift from low carbon and climate resilient economies needed to sustain the green recovery. On the just recovery side, human mobility, both within the, and between counties and cities, can help manage the labor market needs, as well as the skill gaps of the green transition. Cooperation between cities in Africa and Europe is already happening and making fast progress. Milan works with Dakar on waste management and food policy, with Freetown on sustainable fashion, in a way that exports and simultaneously imports knowledge and ideas. Lisbon is also a valuable partner of cross-continental dialogue. For this reason, with my fellow mayor, we are leading the mayoral dialogue on growth and solidarity between African and European cities. We feel it is timely and meaningful, and it contributes to the global work we collectively do. For example, in the C40 Task Force on the Green and Just Recovery, that I have the honor to chair, or the U20 Cities recommendation to the G20 President, Italy. Let me express my welcome to my fellow mayor and friends who will share more on our joint work to support a stronger and more equal partnership between our continents for our collective future. Thank you. And thank you, uh, thank you, Mayor Sala, uh, for these introductory remarks and also for um, reminding us a couple of really important things. First, cities can help. And so it'll be great that as a result of this conversation and throughout the Portuguese presidency and the months to come um, as Africa and Europe emerge from the crisis moment of COVID and find practical ways to come together to strengthen and work together better for the recovery that cities are active part of that conversation are at the table and, and bring that help to find uh, the way forward. Um, Mayor Sala also reminded us that importantly, the cities already work together. Um, he mentions the C40 network of cities, the U20 that he's chairing. And uh, some of the mayors that we're discussing with today have a longstanding collaboration in a number of international fora because cooperation across borders to cities has been a priority for several years. And so it couldn't be a better sort of um, uh, link to Mayor um, Ivona Kisoya, who only yesterday has been elected the deputy chair of the C40 uh, network of cities. And so she can tell us more also from that perspective of cities collaboration on the, on the green recovery. So a very warm welcome to you, uh, Mayor Akisoya, as of course the mayor of Freetown in Sierra Leone. Since 
May 2018, and she worked before as a finance professional with you know, 25 years of experience in the private sector and brings that experience and a focus on youth and jobs to the you know to reflections on the role of cities in the green recovery and importantly has been leading uh, also the response to Ebola um, in, 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 in Sierra Leone in the past. And so um, Mayor Akisoyer, um, please um, share your views with you and also why you and Mayor Sal and others are so intensely working together um, in, in across the African and European space. Thank you. Thank you, Marta. Good afternoon, everyone. It's a real pleasure to be here. Um, although Mayor, Mayor Salah is not on um, in person, I just want to acknowledge um, the partnership that we've shared and this uh, the, his co-leadership of the Mayor's Dialogue, which you'd alluded to earlier on, Marta. Um, I'm really pleased that we have this opportunity to gather here today as mayors and colleagues to discuss the role of Africa and Europe, African and European cities in the green recovery. The um, past year has shown us more than ever before, perhaps the importance of forging global relationships. And as you've said, uh, Martin, as, as um, Pepe also mentioned, you know, we have perhaps as on an international level um, for too long overlooked the role that cities can play in this. The role that cities already play in grappling with local solutions and therefore the extrapolation that working together, um, they can be effective in grappling with global um, challenges like the pandemics and climate change, migration, all the things which you know affect us and all the things that we are dealing with at the coal face. Um, and the important thing for us to remember is that when we talk about pandemics, when we talk about climate crisis, um, this is affecting everyone. Whether you're north of, or south of the Mediterranean Sea, you're impacted, and that means there's a challenge and there's also an opportunity for us um, as cities across that divide and, and many other divides. Um, and I think that what we are seeing now as we come out of the pandemic or go through the pandemic, depending on where you are in the world, is that the focus on how do we transition where do we go? Um, Mayor Salah mentioned that he is, he chaired the C40's mayoral task force um, for the post COVID recovery. And we came up with, as part of that task force as well, and we came up with what we've described as a just green recovery, a just green economy. So telling us that this is an opportunity to transition um, and to do so in a way which is, which challenges this, the previous status quo. And in Freetown, we actually launched a, a campaign called Freetown the Tree Town in January of 2020, before we knew there was going to be an outbreak and before we thought of it as a recovery. But perhaps in a way, um, what we were doing in a direct response to the climate crisis has also um, highlighted what can more can be done in a very deliberate way in helping us transition from um, fewer heavy jobs, um, the jobs of the old economy into, a, into this green economy opportunities. So the challenge was to, within the context of Transform Freetown, for us to increase vegetation cover by 50% between 20, well, from when I came into office, which was 2018, to the end of my tenure, 2020. And one of our interventions, one of our interventions to do this was or is Freetown the tree town, planting 
but not just planting, growing and tracking a million trees. And because we are growing and tracking, there is a demand for for, for a creation of jobs. Um, we have the involvement, the participation of our residents as tree stewards, but um, in order to monitor the growth of the trees, we've used an app, a tree tracker app, um, and we've engaged 553 young people who are able to, on a monthly basis, well, actually it's more regular than that on a, on a weekly, daily basis, but over time on a monthly basis, using tracker to ensure that every tree planted um, is captured, its growth is measured, and then using mobile money, they receive payments um, for which align with the growth of the trees. Um, so it's a fixed, it's, it's obviously some trees grow faster than others, but the, the, the concept here is that there's a mix of technology um, and there is this green, the climate positive climate change mitigating circum uh, intervention, which also pro provides job opportunities um, and is growing that green economy. And we, what we've done here in Freetown has been to go a step further to say, okay, we grow the trees, but how do we keep this sustainable? And now we're, I, now we're working on um, using in the unique identifier codes from the tree tracker to produce tokens which allow anyone from anywhere in the world not just here in freetown to invest in the trees um, through somebody who wants to do impact investing so to to buy those tokens and to be able to see the growth of the tree because the tracker app so that's what we've done. There's still a long way to go for us to be able to scale this, not just in Freetown, but in other parts of the world, in other cities, because this is about urban greening. Um, and we certainly can't do this alone. And that's the beauty and that's the opportunity we see with this regional partnership um, between the AU and the EU and how that could trickle down to the city levels. We want to continue to look at different modes of cross-border cooperation. And we see the practical approaches that the mayor's dialogue has um, triggered with what we're doing with the human mobility scheme. Mayor Salem mentioned that supporting the growth of the fashion industry um, in Sierra Leone by interfacing with the fashion industry in Milan and creating opportunities for exchange of our residents um, and, and thereby creating opportunities for regular migration, which also through the job creation are deliberately targeting some of the structural factors which lead to the irregular migration. So the mayor's dialogue serves as a bridge for us to advance cooperation between cities and thereby between our continents. And we as African and European mayors together recognize that we can influence the discourse, the policy and the resource allocation of governments and regional organizers. We are determined that we can build equitable partnerships for sustainable city to city relations. So while our African and European states have seemingly struggled to find common ground, cities on both sides of the continents are already working together and we're seeking to do so as we seek to build back better. As someone said, um, leap forward with better 
um, technologies and a better economy. Um, so in saying this, we believe we have something to offer and therefore we really feel strongly that there's a need for mayors to have a seat at the table at the upcoming AU and EU summit so that we can create a better future for our communities and societies so that we can share with national governments what we've achieved, what we think the challenges are um, and how we believe cities can participate in delegations as allies in achieving national goals. We want to work with the international system to reinforce the voice and agency of cities. We call on public and private sector actors to be willing to invest in the practical exper experiments like the ones we've just mentioned already that test innovation between and within successful can be brought to scale. The challenges of migration, the challenges of climate cannot be um, addressed in little pilot projects, um, however great they, they, they are. Um, they need to be scaled up. And we believe the Mayor's Dialogue offers a unique platform to turn all of this into reality, building on many decades of collaboration between African and European cities. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor Akisoya, for giving us such a concrete uh, sense of what the combination of some of the practical work that is already going on in different sectors and actually linking the different, the critical sectors of you know, handling the climate crisis, sustaining the green economy, supporting regular human mobility in ways that can, you know, can be conducive to these development outcomes and dealing with the uh, effects of the pandemic and how much cities are doing together, but also for reminding us that they actually need and want a seat at the table so that the help they can offer that Mayor Sala mentioned earlier can be shared and acted upon at the interstate and intergovernmental level and across the two, the two continents. So uh, with that in mind, also with that reference to the political um, sort of landscape for cities engagement cooperation, let me move on to Mayor Guardini of the city of Dakar. Um, and what is interesting is also that is a reminder that Senegal will actually have the presidency of the um, African Union from, you know, from the beginning of 2022. And so there will be an opportunity to build on the relationship. I think we might need to maybe, Mayor Kisoy, if you can maybe mute your mic. Um, and uh, Mayor Wardini um, has been the mayor of Dakar since September 2018, and also is the first woman post-independence to hold the post. And so that makes me particularly happy. And with that note in mind, so first the congratulations to Mayor Akisoya for the C40 Deputy Chairmanship, and now Mayor Wardini, another nominal African woman to lead the city of Dakar. So over to you to tell us about um, how this is working for you in Dakar and also the relationships with government and how central they are for your endeavor. Thank you, Mayor Wardini. Thank you very much. Uh, I have to speak in French. That's fine, there is translation, so go ahead. Thank you. Monsieur le maire de Milan. Mayor of Milan and uh, Ms. Uh, Mayor of uh, Freetown, dear colleagues and participants. I'm happy to be here with you today. And the city of Dakar is qu quite uh, pleased to be taking part in this initiative for inclusive growth. I'm taking this opportunity 
to convey my thanks to the mayors of Milan and Fritan for this important initiative, which strengthens collaboration uh, across the continents and the Mediterranean Sea. So to begin, I'd like to echo my colleague, Mayor Aki Sawyer's point, that cities play a key role in the green transition, that they are not yet sufficiently heard at the national and international levels. Cooperation with national governments must be our primary goal if we are to address and resolve global challenges together, such as pandemics and climate change. An initiative like the Mayor's Dialogue can amplify our voices and increase our influence in Africa as well as Europe, especially in areas where the two continents struggle to find common ground, such as migration. Managing human mobility is a reality for cities on both continents. And so it is key that we find practical solutions that work for all. Ladies and gentlemen, dear colleagues, I want to focus on youth and jobs, which is a key priority for me in Dakar and in many other African cities, creating opportunities for women, young people, business and growth is going to be even more of a challenge in light of the economic impact of COVID-19. Working in partnership with other cities, we have an opportunity to find common and sustainable solutions, which are necessary to avoid people fleeing the country and deaths at sea. Allow me to give you some examples. Small-scale fisher folk are a vital part of the local economy for Dakar, but they are facing real challenges, including from the large trawlers depleting fish stocks along the West African coast. Many of these fisher folk have turned to transporting young migrants, making the journey on their pirogues to reach Southern Europe. This alternative livelihood strategy is dangerous with tragedies commonly occurring in the seas off Dakar. It is also a missed opportunity in our efforts for a green transition given small scale fisherfolk play a critical role in addressing the environmental problems caused by overfishing. Dakar and Barcelona are working together to address some of these challenges, looking at how to ensure access to opportunities and income for fisher folk and young migrants. As part of a city-led strategy to reduce dangerous out-migration from Dakar, their amb ambition is to broaden this dialogue to work with other coastal cities in Africa that are facing similar challenges. As part of Dakar's green transition agenda, we are also collaborating with the city of Milan on new processes and technologies for waste management. Ladies and gentlemen, dear colleagues, I uh, would like to end my remarks with some reflection on the regional and intercontinental political processes ahead of us. Senegal will hold the presidency of the African Union for the 2022-2023 term, while France will hold the EU presidency for the first semester of 2022 when the AU-EU summit is likely to take place. 
This will give us a window of opportunity for the mayor's dialogue that includes the cities of Dakar and Paris to play a role in shaping the future relationship between our continents. Moreover, with fellow African cities, Freetown in particular, we are working to strengthen our cooperation with the AU Commission so that cities can play a stronger role in shaping future regional policies and relations. I strongly believe that this work we are doing will be essential for a fairer and greener recovery and for accelerating sustainable development and green investment across the continent. Thank you for your kind attention. Thank you. Thank you. Merci. Uh, Thank you, um, Mayor Elwardini.
The Portuguese government's attention to this topic became evident in, in its program, which promotes integrated interventions of sustainability, urban development centered on the improvement um, of the quality of services provided to the population. As you know, the, under the Portuguese presidency of the European Union, there are two main priorities, Green Europe and digital transition. And in this context, Portugal will hold a forum dedicated to smart cities uh, in June 2021, giving expression to the role of local policy in the area of sustainability. These smart cities are cities that use technology to create better public services, to make better use of resources, and to reduce environment uh, impact by automating functions such as, such as building management or traffic systems. A, small, a smart city is a creative and sustainable city that relies on the participation of people to boost economic development and improve everyone's quality of life. While interaction with citizens is obviously fundamental, smart cities became the best example of the potential of a strategic triangle between the public administration, central and local, universities and companies. While in charge for a governmental area, as I am, that includes the modernization of the state, the public administration and local administration. It's with great enthusiasm that um, I uh, speak about the future of smart cities. In this context, technology and digitalization are also key instruments to fight the low population density in the interior of our country. Of course, different countries have different problems and to solve problems as the pressure on the housing market, improving mobility, and um, uh, the limited resources that are available in large urban centers. This, of course, also, also promotes a sustainable way of life uh, in what environment uh, is concerned. For instance, we are using technology to create spaces of co-working outside the big cities, and um, in that way, to um, uh, not only to uh, have more population in the interior of our country, where there are less population, and also to have less population in the cities that are too big. So these co-working solutions using technology and working at a distance promote this type of solutions that were impossible uh, without technology. I also see with great optimism the way in which the public administration has responded uh, to the challenges of sustainability and, as we must speak of it every, every time, also how the public administration in Portugal reacted and I think all over the world reacted to the pandemic crisis that we are still living now. In Portugal, digital is already a clear priority to our government. I'm sure the crisis that we are going through will make it of course, more urgent and more inevitable. During the quarantine period, for example, we reinforced the communication and response of digital public services in order to um, uh, have uh, to maintain public services uh, functioning, even with lockdown. Online services during the Portuguese um, through the Portuguese public services website has increased uh, exp exponentially. Of course, that we have to be inclusive, and now one of our main um, challenges is to uh, guarantee that 
technology is inclusive for everyone, not only for those that are that have um, uh, digital literacy. Uh, these are some exa examples of our intelligent public administration that we are trying to promote and reinforce both on a national level and on a local level. And for that, we count with everyone, the citizens, companies, municipalities, universities, and of course, public workers. Um, so I think that all the exchange of experiences that we can have through in Europe and Europe with Africa and other parts of the country are, of course, very well um, welcomed. And I hope that we can pursue this kind of meetings uh, uh, in the future. And of course, with uh, um, the conference uh, in the Portuguese presidency. So thank you very much for listening to me and, uh, for, and, and let me congratulate you for this uh, event. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Minister Leitao. It's, it's great to hear about the priorities that Portugal has around smart cities. Great to hear about the summit or the forum in June. Uh, and also reflection that, of course, investment in cities and in local authority and local government has been a priority for European uh, policies for many years, especially for European regional and cohesion policies. A thought about how do we escalate that to become really core to the international uh, policies of the EU and the relationship with, uh, with other regions is also important because that's fundamentally tends to focus on sort of, you know, at the, at the, at the, nationals, uh, at the national level. So it'd be great to see this investment on local government and cities translated also in um, international engagement um, from the EU. Uh, but before we ask all of you to contribute to this discussion, I see there are a number of comments already in the Q&A in the chat. Let's maybe talk about money for a little for a little while. Um, um, I think I, uh, all the mayors in this call uh, will share the experience of how difficult it is sometimes for cities to generate the financial resources necessary to support some of the initiatives that we just heard about. Um, and, and the extent to which the international system is set up and fit for purpose to support cities and direct financial resources so that they can um, fund and finance their priorities. And so with that, uh, we are very lucky to have Raffaele Cordino with us, who is a senior investment officer at the European Investment Bank, uh, covering private sector investments in Asia, Africa and Latin America, with specific expertise in financing of infrastructures in the sustainable energy, digital and healthcare space. So it couldn't be a better place than uh, him to join this discussion and actually working on, a, on an initiative called Team Desiree, who's a platform developed by the EIB and the European Commission to scale up and accelerate the innovative sustainable energy solutions in urban and rural settings um, in different parts of the world. And so Rafaela, share with us from your perspective whether we're seeing changes in directing financial resources, both private and public, to cities. Thanks, Marta, and thanks for having me today in this uh, very distinguished panelist. Uh, good afternoon to Madame Le Maire and uh, Minister Leitao. Uh, very, very inspiring contributions from the, from the mayors today. I, I believe that the, the, the role of the European Investment Bank as the climate bank of the union uh, is uh, particularly evident in our relationship with uh, cities. So as part of our uh, lending activity or investment activity, we do engage with cities as uh, administrative counterparts uh, with which we develop projects that range from uh, uh, water and sanitation into power 
public transportation. The, the idea for us is that we, we want and we need uh, to take the opportunity to build back better in uh, this decisive decade for climate change. Uh, also, keep it an eye, as uh, um, Mayor Wardini mentioned, uh, to gender inclusion. Um, the idea is that the bank is uh, spearheading the effort to um, obtain in all its investments uh, the alignment to uh, the Paris Agreement. And uh, the bank has developed a climate bank roadmap to, to determine what are the investments that we were willing to undertake to, to, to make that uh, possible. Now, when it comes to financial resources, um, at times we are faced with, uh, with, with a constraint that is uh, upstream vis-a-vis uh, -vis the project. So how do we design projects that are bankable and investable? And this is where the bank, uh, together with the European Union and some of the uh, member states of the Union, uh, typically engage with the administrative units with, with, with cities uh, in technical assistance and policy dialogue to determine what is the strategy uh, of these cities for sustainability. So uh, you mentioned Desiree. Well, Desiree was designed to have a pillar of technical assistance and investment grants that are meant to support the ambition of cities uh, to build uh, um, schemes for energy efficiency or super ESCOs. So the energy service that is meant to incentivize uh, the users of energy, both be them um, commercial and industrial, but also households uh, towards a more responsible use of energy, uh, the upgrade of equipment. Um, the idea for us is that the, the, the dialogue with cities, uh, both inside the union and outside the union, the city of Dakar is one example, um, um, but we have uh, Kigali, we have Bamako, we have uh, uh, several cities across the African continent that um, are counterparts of the bank when it comes to designing certain policies or certain projects that are meant, for instance, to protect these cities from climate change. And, and one of the tools that we have developed that we believe is particularly useful uh, to determine the climate risk to which certain cities are exposed. And I'm thinking of Dakar and, uh, and Freetown as cities that are uh, on the border of an ocean. Um, the, the bank would like to come in, not only bringing financial resources in the form of, of, of loans or, 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 uh, or uh, equity investments when it comes to private sector, but also to provide that technical assistance to, to, to make sure that projects are reliant and resilient uh, to climate change. Now, the, the interesting point that uh, you know, it was inspired also by, by, by the remarks made by uh, the mayors is that um, cities are probably the cradle of uh, innovation. Um, and especially in, in the African context, we, we do see that uh, cities like Nairobi or uh, uh, other large cities, mega cities, um, have uh, leapfrogged innovation uh, without going through some of the development stages that cities in, uh, in Europe or in the United States have faced. So uh, we are willing to support the scale-up of pilots uh, for innovative measures. And, and uh, I, I've heard today in the presentation a few of them, um, the, the ability to determine and to identify sustainable and scalable models, uh, for instance, in, in the way energy is uh, produced, distributed and, and used, uh, but also in, in ways like uh, uh, in which the, the private sector can contribute to the mass transport um, 
I, I have in mind the example of the electric boda bodas in the Eastern African context. Well, you know, as cities become larger and larger, uh, the, the, the bank is very much willing to also look into ways uh, to, to create new methods of uh, uh, handling such a huge population growth. And uh, all this will, uh, will culminate one day in, in the creation of a specific development bank of the union, uh, which will be part of the European Investment Bank Group that will be fully dedicated to you know, the dialogue with governments, but certainly with cities, and with those uh, entrepreneurs in these cities uh, that have ideas that are worth pursuing. Uh, thanks a lot again for having me today. Thank you, Rafael, and wonderful to end with such a, you know, a hopeful and interesting note about the willingness and in fact the determination to create um, platforms and financial instruments uh, to, uh, to support and engage with cities. Um, again, an, an, a very initial reflection from me, I think it's great to hear, and, and I for one was not aware of how much the um, EIB is doing in, in terms of direct support and partnership with, with cities, particularly around infrastructures and other, and, and other areas related to particularly the risk of climate change. Um, I think it would be great to see the international system and international institutions also you know, reflect and engage with the fact that cities work also in cooperation and in networks. We heard of a few that have been, um, you know, the cities have um, founded and spearheaded in the last few years. It'd be great to think about that partnership uh, beyond in individual, you know, between the bank and individual cities and making sure that that's sustainable and, and, and sustain the, the coordination efforts that this that the cities make and also one that is able to go across sectors i think for me it's always interesting to hear mayors talk about the relationship between youth and jobs climate change and the green economy human mobility and you know and the recovery from covid as fundamentally interlinked realities that play out at the city level and so thinking about how the international finance systems can engage with this um, with these realities of uh, of cities cooperation and cross-sectoral priorities at the at the city level so um, we have about 15 minutes left where we can take some questions from our you know, from the from the participants to our panel um, i'll begin to uh, take a couple that maybe i'll help direct to some of the panelists uh, for the last uh, few minutes um, there was a, a couple of questions specifically focusing on the realities of secondary cities or uh, also called intermediate cities, and the fact that I certainly heard a number of time, at times that in some of oh, we, we lost Mayor Akisoya, hopefully she'll come back in a minute, um, because I was going to ask particularly the mayors about their experience, you know, in engaging on these international platforms and networks that often uh, focus on some of the large cities, and what does that mean for the intermediate cities or for the rapidly depopulating cities that is a real priority, for example, in the European context, and how to include the experiences and the priorities of secondary cities. Um, and then specifically on, um, so I need to go up and down on my screen, uh, perhaps for, um, for Rafaela, more questions that focus on the, the big challenges on, uh, on financing, um, and particularly perhaps maybe to offer your views on what needs to change to enable cities to rapidly scale up investment. I think this goes back to, I think Mayor Akisoya point earlier on about the fact that we need to go beyond pilot projects. And so maybe Rafael, if you can pick up how the financing instruments can help the scale up and the sustainability uh, after we hear from the mayors. And then um, let me see if I can um, um, finally 
um, on, again, another question, perhaps a little bit for the mayors that looks at uh, what are the key ingredients of successful collaboration between cities of Europe and Africa? One that leads to genuine sharing of ideas, technology and innovation. And I think that is very interesting perhaps to start with that because I think that you know, international cooperation is not new, but there has definitely been a dose of skepticism about um, how relevant and genuine that is. And so what's different about the way cities collaborate between Africa and Europe? Um, and then the question on intermediate and smaller cities, and then on to Raffaele to the question on financing, and then I'll pick up maybe a couple of more before we close. Mayor Kesoy, do you want to go first? Yes, sure. Um, so with respect to the, the question on the successful collaboration, what, what are the key ingredients? Um, I think I'd say authenticity. Um, the, the, the challenge that we've seen I, I sometimes point to um, the involvement of particular organizations, uh, which are development organizations for decades. Um, and decades later, you see so little left behind. And it's because the relationship has uh, not always been one of synergy and mutual respect, um, but of coming in with ideas which may not always work in context and for which there is often no sustainability. Um, so what I think is, is so critical and which is why I, I think the cities have this special opportunity is because you, you by definition at the city level are, are at the level of the people. So these are not policy discussions. These are not, you know, at conversations held um, in at a national level, which is far from the reality. But there's the but the two sides, um, the two parties on different sides of the continent, or in the two different continents, are actually working from a place of direct engagement with those to whom, or with respect of whom, we're trying to make a difference. Um, so I, I think keeping that factor, that feature is really relevant. Um, and, and it's also, you, you see it because what stimulated our partnership has not been, um, it's not been theoretical. It's been seeking to, to deal with practical problems that we face, whether as us who lose our young people um, in the road through irregular migration or from the perspective of Mayor Salah who may, and other mayors who have to absorb and deal with that. So it's it's coming together on a really practical level um, by the people who are dealing with it on the ground. Um, and I think that that's the feature, that authenticity is the feature. Um, to the point about the smaller cities. So um, yes, and I think the, 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 um, the person who wrote the question specifically made mention to C40s, but I must point out that C40, Yes, the majority of its members are mega cities, but they also have a category of innovative cities and that's where I come in. So I'm an innovative city with a population of only 1.5 million. Um, mega cities are 3 million and above. Uh, and so there is an appreciation of the need for smaller cities, you know, from 1 million right down to 100,000 or you know, 20,000. There's an appreciation of the need for these smaller cities to be brought alongside, to not be left out, to not be forgotten. There's 16 innovative cities in C40. And in addition to our, our working at, with, along with all colleagues, 
to drive action to reduce climate change. And we're specifically targeting cities that more closely mirror us in size um, and in nature. And, and for in, from my perspective, in addition to being a smaller city, I'm also a city from the global south. And it's critical that we don't lose sight of the importance of ensuring that cities in emerging economies are also part of the narrative and not just the narrative, but the practical actions required for climate change. So I think those were the two questions that you directed towards me. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Mayor Akisoya. I had a message from Mayor Wardini who had to momentarily leave because she has a, a slight emergency, emergency. So I was wondering, perhaps, Minister Leitao, do you want to also comment on these issues of the secondary cities and the smaller cities? Because it's striking how much emphasis there is in national and European policies to support these secondary cities, but sometimes a challenge for them to be active in these international networks. And then, Rafael, I'll come to you with the final question on long-term investment. Thank you. Minister Leitao. Thank you. As I said in my uh, previous intervention, we have in Portugal, we have a situation that we have two major cities uh, and then we have uh, lots of smaller cities, some of them with uh, problems of um, population. And so for me, the um, secondary cities are a middle, uh, middle um, size cities. It's very important to have because as we have, for example, a, um, a huge plan of uh, um, um, uh, um, uh, decentralizing the main uh, some tasks from the national level to the local level, we really need a net of um, secondary cities, but with good public services, with good infrastructures. So I, I really think that could be that would, would be very important to invest in those cities. And also, as I said previously, uh, most of the main companies and the central services are in the two big cities in Portugal, but we are trying to take uh, some, some workers to go to smaller cities and the technology as we can uh, work at a distance with co-working space outside the, the services, the main services, is a way to um, promote uh, that uh, transfers to a local, um, to other middle size or even small cities. So I, I think that, of course, the main cities have huge problems like transportation, mobility, uh, environmental problems, et cetera. And most, some of the solution can be through the uh, decentralizing lots of services to the secondary cities. Uh, for me, I think that is uh, very important and it's something that we are trying to do here in Portugal uh, and I think it would be important to have a net of, um, of cities with high level of quality of life and that is uh, also uh, achieved through technology. Thank you. Thank you, Minister. And actually, a reflection on this, which I think applies also to the Mayor's Dialogue on Growth and Solidarity, which is quite actively seeking to involve different cities of different sizes, including, for example, the city of Mannheim or the city of Bristol or Cannes, which are not necessarily very small, but not, necess not necessarily mega cities or capital cities. And so that in these networks, I think there is an awareness of trying to broaden the network to, uh, to intermediate or secondary cities. But a link perhaps to what Mayor Akisoya said earlier about what makes these 
collaboration real and genuine is also that these are city-led initiatives that cities have initiated and also that where mayors as political leaders and of course mayors of larger cities um, and more visible political leaders have taken you know practical steps and person you know, and have a commitment and a political ex exercise political leadership which means that some of those networks stems from the mayor's own commitment and vision, which of course is also one of the reasons why some of them certainly have started with some of the more, um, you know, the more, you know, the larger cities and the more, um, you know, the more visible or more engaged um, mayors. But it's interesting to see how that's expanding to, um, to other cities. There are a number of questions in the chat that we are not gonna have the time to address, but I encourage all of you to perhaps take a look. For example, there are questions specifically on Dakar on the advantages of joining local intercities networks versus the international ones that I think would be interesting or a very specific question about the opportunities of uh, uh, directing um, ODA, sort of official development assistance, um, to be that to be operated from cities rather than from national governments. But before we finish, um, Rafaela, do you have some thoughts about how we make sure that the financial investments are sustainable and can scale up at the city level and not be left at the as just a series of projects, which is a risk, I think, uh, for some of what we heard today. Uh, thanks, Marta. Well, uh, um, you know, uh, at the outset, I think the, if we think of, of, of any infrastructure project that we are developing in, in any place, and, and particularly in a, in, in a large city, but also in, not necessarily in a large one, but in, in any urban context, uh, the cost of the infrastructure or the service can easily skyrocket in the hundreds of millions of dollars. So the what we as a bank believe is that the, the public and private partnership is the way in which uh, uh, the certain financial gap can be addressed. And this is uh, fostered by us by entering into a conversation with the administrative entity that is uh, in need for a certain infrastructure to develop a conducive environment for private investment into that same infrastructure. And uh, we, we have, you know, quite an array of, of instruments that are meant uh, to build the confidence that investors need uh, to take up a certain investment choice and build up that infrastructure or deliver that service uh, in, in the long run. And we are not speaking only of credit risk. So uh, the, the risk that this uh, developer may not receive the payment uh, for the infrastructure it develops, but also, um, some of those, uh, what, what we would call uh, uh, the typical political risk that in, in certain environments might be hindering the appetite for, of investors into, into certain infrastructure. So I think the, the dialogue that we typically have with cities and you know, with any urban context is typically to detect the need, uh, to determine ways in which the need can be tackled, uh, to determine the cost of the infrastructure or the investment that is required, and then help the promoter, which in this case could be a city or even a neighborhood of a city, if we speak of very large cities, how to create uh, and attract the necessary investments from private sector because uh, you know, public resources alone, multilateral banks alone are not sufficient to tackle the investment gap. Thank you, Rafael. And, and, and a thought on that, uh, and I'll come maybe, Yvonne, in just one minute to you to just say goodbye to all of us uh, and to leave you the final word uh, for today. Um, I think it'll be very interesting to think about how the financial instruments and indeed the work that particularly uh, banks do to create the investment in a climate to 
uh, to support um, different actors. So think about how these cooperative arrangements between cities and cities working together can also create a different or a slightly, you know, a slightly uh, adapted um, version where one can look at issues of risk and credit in ways where the collaboration between cities can also uh, come in, particularly in cities across Europe and Africa, it could be an interesting thing to explore. So it's just a, a thought that as we think about engaging with international finance institutions, that we don't do it just bilaterally between the institution and a city. Oh. But if I may, if I may suggest one one area that is particularly interesting is that uh, cities usually have utilities that are city utilities, and the experience of these entities that are mixed capital or totally public can be shared, uh, you know, on the other side of, of the Mediterranean to create, you know, to, to to showcase success stories. And then you're from Milan, probably you have a, a particularly good uh, experience with this. Yeah, it's, uh, although I live in London, so it's famously much less. Just <laughs> 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 um, um, This is, I mean, just on behalf also of all of us who work on this Mayor Dallas on Growth and Solidarity, I just want to thank you, the Portuguese Presidency and the IAB, and particularly say that we will want to use this as an opportunity to begin a dialogue with, with both of you on what we can do together in the months to come. Um, and so this is a heartfelt thank you from me to all the panelists, but I really want uh, to leave the last word to the mayor who's still on our panel, and Mayor Aki Sawyer, maybe share a final thought of where we're going to go from here on the relationship across the Mediterranean and what cities can do. Thank you very much, Marta. And um, Rafael, it's been really interesting hearing the um, very strong comments about willingness to invest um, and that, that is across the continents, both in Europe as well as in Africa. I think we'll be very, really curious to take this to the next level. As Marta um, it's something which is really suited to us engaging as networks, whether it's the Mayor's Migration Council, the Mayor's Dialogue or um, C40s, UCLG, of course, um, but really coming as a body um, so that we there is this perhaps it makes it more even efficient and effective. There, there are questions of, of how access is done. There's questions of, of rates, you know, there's questions of credit history um, and you know, sort of structuring. And there's such a lack of homogeneity among cities. We are so different. Uh, and our and you know what what is allowed, you mentioned utilities. In my city, none of the utilities are under the city. So I, I suppose it's really encouraging to hear this. And we look forward to taking the conversation forward with yourselves and other players within the international financial space, because that is the key to unlock our progress. We we when it comes to political will at the city level, the mayors are ready to work together. What we need now is the finance to be able to scale um, and push forward this work of a just green recovery. Thank you. Thank you all. And thank you to see once again, delighted to see mayors being very pragmatic and hands-on and taking this opportunity to begin this uh, conversation with colleagues at the EIB and beyond. Um, and with this, you know, with this note of looking ahead and what can we all do together, um, thank you all very much for participating in this very interesting conversation and watch this space because cities will play an absolutely key role in the uh, partnership between Europe and Africa in the years, in the months and the years to come. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>